You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of the Elevator's Cut. We're glad to have you. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I am one of your other hosts, Roger Gaddis. And we have a super special guest with us today. Uh, Someone that uh, has been very patient with us to say the least as we we've uh, gone through pains and and uh trials to make this podcast happen which we do for you you the fans this is this is what we do um we assume you want it even though you haven't paid for it so here we are uh and today we have someone from the ag twitter sphere with us today um ashley who i will let pronounce her last name correctly because i will butcher it (laughs) Uh, Bettenhausen. Yeah. You were close though. The last time you tried, you know, that's, that's, uh, just, just the story of my life there. So <laughs> I, I am told you are from an area of the world called the North. Can you, can yes. you sound yep. on that a little bit? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from Minnesota. Um, but I live in North Dakota and I work in South Dakota. Okay. And you, you do what kind of work? Uh, so I'm a grain originator. Um, just for one of the cooperatives here. Awesome. That is the best kind of thing to be. <laughs> so how long have you been uh, in the grain biz, Ashley? Yeah. So um, I didn't come from agriculture. When I went to high school, it really wasn't cool to be part of like FFA or 4-H or anything like that. Um, so I went to, <laughs> I went to NDSU um, and I actually started just as nursing. Um, and then um, I went into just general economics because I always liked economics, and I, I took a um, egg econ class. And Dr. Bill Wilson, I think we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just talked to the class, and I just fell in love with trading and commodities. And I wanted <laughs> I wanted just to like be an angel trader and not deal with people. And then I met my husband, and um, Grain buyer is the closest thing to that um, in this random <laughs> neck of the woods. Uh, yeah. He's a farmer, so that helps. So, so you went from wanting to be the the angel trader, not dealing with the people, to being a <laughs> demon trader, dealing with people now, right? Yeah, that, no, I, uh, how, okay. yeah. yep. <laughs> but you know, that's very interesting, though. That you know, you 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 heard Dr. Wilson talk, and then it it just kind of clicked. What? I, I, can we go any deeper there? What what exactly, you know, I know you said the commodities and stuff. I assume he showed y'all the the movie Trading Places and that did it for you, but maybe not. What <laughs> what what was it that that kind of intrigued you because not having that background, I always love those stories because um, I, I think one of the misconceptions of our industry in the grain industry is that everyone out here is from a farm and that's not true. Right. I just thought it was like I liked that commodities didn't like they were like stocks, but they weren't like stocks because you always have the the difference of um, like weather and you have stuff that you can't control um, when you talk about agriculture. And so I just thought it was really fascinating to watch to watch things move. And from the economics standpoint, like how 
like one thing can affect corn and then it will affect soybeans and then it will affect wheat and then how, you know, how something like currencies can affect uh, markets. And I just thought that was really interesting from the fundamental side. And then um, I took uh, Wilson's class and uh, learned more technical stuff too. But since then, I've, I just really like learning about it. And um, from there, I've learned grading. Um, that's really important for a grain buyer <laughs> is to know qualities. Yep. Um, and I've also talked to some agronomists. Um, I'm lucky enough to work with some of the best professionals in agriculture. And so they've taught me along the way. Um, I've learned different agronomy stuff on nutri like nutrients that crops need um, that I I think that I'm even beneficial even on our farm um, or try to be. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just I, I just think it's really fascinating how like markets change in that sense. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's I think that grabs a lot of people, too, because it's like you said, it's um, it's not predictable, but it's uh, people think we, it's predictable. And so we right. keep trying to predict it and we keep failing, but we keep doing it. Um, yeah. and, and it's always something, something new. It seems like there's no boring years in this business. There, there's boring days for sure, but, uh, boring years. I don't think at least in the 20 years I've been doing it, I haven't seen one of those. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I always tell people I do grain merchandising and they look at me like, oh man, I'm sorry. That sounds boring. Sounds so, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's exciting. That's what they you know, you, you said uh, Dr. Wilson, man, he's like a legend. I, I've never gotten to meet him. Maybe maybe I can meet him one day. But, uh, man, he's turned out for many years, turned out some of the best, you know, grain merchandisers we got in the industry. They're all over. Uh, so he's legendary in my book. But, yeah, one day maybe I'll get to meet him. But uh, that, so that's also he got you into the business uh, or interested in the business and then uh now you get to originate work with farmers every day. And something you told Roger and I was uh, was farmers in your area are a little different. Than <laughs> most Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. So I say that because like I, I can talk to farmers down in Iowa and Illinois and they're, they're very open, or at least from my perspective, they're very open in telling you, this is how many bushels I have. These are how many acres I have. This is what I do on my farm. Um, in this area, <laughs> it it is very difficult. Like, guys guys store spring wheat for, for a decade here, and that's not the same everywhere else. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and, and they won't tell you how, how old that's how old their crop is they'll just say oh i got ten thousand bushels to sell they won't tell you how many bushels they have and so uh, you always have to kind of um trust is a big thing around here especially your last name like they 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 can pinpoint me to where i am um because of my last name because of my husband and so it makes them feel a little bit safer but if i if i came in with my maiden name they wouldn't know they wouldn't have a clue who i was Hmm. And so that would even be even more difficult trying to trying to gain their trust. Yeah, that's certainly a that's certainly a, a mountain to climb. And um, yeah, so don't want to burst your bubble, Ashley. But okay. There are some other farmers like that in the world. 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking the guys in the deep South when I was in Louisiana and stuff. Yeah. If I didn't have a Belgian last name. And so I was, you know, persona non grata. It was just like terrible, but anyway, I survived and you know, and you will too, but that's a, that's an interesting concept, the whole trust thing. And that's, that's huge in our business because it's, it's still a handshake business and, uh, or, or for the most part. And mm-hmm. so having that, uh, as you've attested to having that, that name recognition goes, uh, is, is a huge step up, I guess, for, for getting uh, that relationship started. And so, you know, as far as the guys being able to store, uh, spring wheat for, for decades, you know, that's, uh, we can probably find some weevils to send your way from, from the <laughs> South. If you want, that might help with that or some humidity, but you know, what the other thing that you had mentioned too, was just, uh, um, kind of the the general tone and demeanor uh, of of folks up there and you you had an interesting story that you shared with us earlier and think you might share now about uh um right when you first started in a business and uh, trying to be a, a contract enforcer if you will yeah so it, it's kind of interesting that you say like because he today's tuesday yeah he came in yesterday too um and, and called me the contract police so uh there was a gentleman um i just started at this uh, cooperative last May. Um, and I was just calling around just to kind of get to know people down here um, before I was at a northern uh, cooperative and uh, didn't know any farmers down south. So I just started calling around and I noticed this gentleman had a contract, um, like he, he made this contract months ago. Uh, and it was at the end of the month and he, he didn't haul a single bushel in yet. So I just just generally called, uh, left a voicemail, just introduced myself and, and said, hey, I just thought I'd talk to you about the soybean contract. And um, <laughs> he came in the next day and he waltzes in and he's just like, who's this Ashley chick? And I <laughs> just caught my head up <laughs> and I just woke up like, that, that'd be me. And uh, he's like, well, I got my soybeans in. I was like, okay, <laughs> good. Nice to meet you. And then he just scuffles, he just scuffles away, just just the whole time, underneath his breath, being like, "Can't believe this lady just, you know." And just he leaves, and then you know he comes back and calls me the contract police. And so there's there's a joke around my office um, that I'm gonna get a little sheriff's badge, and then just wear it when he's in. But absolutely, um, you should. It's awesome. <laughs> he'll he'll sit in so my office looks into a, to our bookkeeper's office and he'll sit in my bookkeeper's office and and we'll just just talk loud enough that I can hear him and he'll he'll just be like yep I'm all about defunding the police now because because <laughs> I can't I, you know I can't <laughs> take that you know that contract please I just can't take her and stuff and yeah it's 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 a running joke he'll you know, if my bookkeeper is gone, because um, that's who he contracts or he doesn't contract through me. Um, my bookkeeper is gone. I'll, I'll answer the I'll answer the phone and he'll be like, is Marina there? And I was just like, no, nope. you know, she's out for the day. Can I help you? And he's like, no, nope, thanks. And then he'll hang up the phone and then Damn. he'll call he'll call the originator that is 15 miles away from here and contract with him for my location. And, and I, I usually just send him a message and I said, hey, Melvin's going to call you here in a little bit. So incredible. (laughs) The spice of life is what that's called. Yeah. 
I think <laughs> that's that's interesting. It seems like you know the 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 personalities you encounter uh, in this in this profession are 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 manifold and they're wonderful uh, and sometimes uh, you know annoying, but they're they're fun overall. And you know I think there's something to be said for folks. Um, you know, giving you a, as an originator or merchandiser a hard time. I think with that lies a little bit of, re- most times it seems like a little bit of respect and, and, and stuff there. Uh, although Absolutely. if he won't talk to you on the phone, maybe that's a different thing. Yeah. So actually going, going along with the, with your work on origination, obviously there's, you know, you got, you got struggles. Uh, some people that are harder to deal with than others, but I know you've had a lot of successes obviously you you uh you seem to like the job and everything so how do you, what do you do to help farmers and and uh you know ha- have some good experiences with with uh customers yeah so i'm just really teaching um i kind of have a have a passion just for teaching guys um through some of the marketing stuff i mean some of these people haven't i mean they're they're so used to just putting stuff on bp and so even getting them to just do a basis contract, you know, just to lock that in um, and trying to get some of the emotion out of it um, as much as I can. Um, so that's kind of, you know, we start we start at basics. So we started just making a contract um, and understanding uh, futures versus basis and then rolling futures and rolling basis and um, like the risks involved in that. And then once we get into like a little, you know, once they once they start trusting me a little bit more and they they understand that stuff, then we start um, introducing um, more advanced contracts, so like OTC contracts, um, and just explaining that through, making sure that they're not, you know, too too aggressive. Um, some mm-hmm. some guys will go in like totally feet first, and you're just like, hold on, just one second. Yeah. You know, these these have they have have substantial risk to them, so we just gotta understand that um there are guys that we've talked about putting spreads in you know trying to trade spreads on and so yeah like i said otc contracts trying to trying to get um just people off of dp basically um that's always a struggle but a, <laughs> but a very worthwhile struggle yeah <laughs> they always get leery whenever the elevator goes to free dp because then they're like ah prices are gonna go down huh right you know yeah. Uh, you know, the counter to that is just say, well, I'll charge you something for the DP if you really want. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. If something's free, it's like some people see it as like it's not worthwhile. And so um, I've heard stories of people, you know, charging to do basis only contracts because the producers wouldn't do them with they were free. So it's like, right, whatever, yeah. there we go. You know, yeah. so, you know, you, you try to find a solution for people. That's, that's how it goes. Um, but you know, as far as that, what do you do? What, what's been your experience, actually, when, when you have a guy uh, sitting in front of you and you're going over any kind of contract, just something that's new to them? How do you uh, verify that they're not just nodding their head in agreement that they actually know what's going on? I mean, because that that can be an issue. I'm sure it's a human issue. It happens everywhere. But for sure in our business, that that understanding or lack thereof or being open enough to say, I need more help here. What, what do you do to address that? I think that's actually kind of the... I don't know if this sounds sexist, but it's kind of the benefit of doing business with a female. I don't know. Or at least that's, at least that's my perspective is I, I would say there are more 
farmers, and I mean, I'm sure that my coworkers will correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I would say that there's more farmers that are comfortable asking me questions versus my male counterparts. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's just because I'll I'll go to the base like I'll go to the base roots to make sure that they understand what futures is, what basis is, what goes mm-hmm. into both of those numbers, why we have a basis. I don't know how many times when I I used to work at an ethanol plant. I don't know how many times I got I got yelled at because we had a basis on corn. <laughs> what? <laughs> and yeah, it that's a whole different story. Um, but. So making sure that they understand those numbers first and then going through things and and just just hitting the nail on the head. And if they can, you know, if they can kind of speak the language back a little bit to me, um, then I feel comfortable. But if if we've gotten if we go back a couple times um, to to just uh, really terminology, um, I'm. If, if no one doesn't know what an inverse is, then then I'll go. I mean, now we've been in it for so long that I feel that it's a pretty common term. Um, but well, at first it we, didn't. People didn't understand what that word meant, right, really. Right. Because we haven't seen it in a while. And, you know, obviously, if you want to get your farmers to be learned up on inverses, you send them to Ag Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> all you of can, the, all of the knowledge. You can ask them back as well as the inverse narrowing or widening. Which uh, is it doing? Yeah. Should yeah. be fun. We just got to get, we got to get the, the el- address elephant in the room. That yeah, this happened on ag Twitter here recently. We don't have to get into the nuts and detail, but Ashley, you might've started that all. I, it was four <laughs> words. I put four <laughs> words on Twitter with, with, with four asterisks, just, just like a thought bubble. And <laughs> that went, yeah, there was a lot um, of comments because I didn't see the, I didn't see the original. Apparently, there was an original post <laughs> by another person about widening and narrowing and those two words specifically when it comes to inverses. And I didn't see that original post. And so apparently my word. <laughs> You oh. essentially reincarnated the dead there and come back to I haunt did. us all. I did. <laughs> did they it was like great. You were subtweeting them or something, or huh? Did they think you were like subtweeting them and not mentioning them, or or no? No, it was a dog whistle. We all, part. everybody else that loved to talk about this stuff, just hopped back on. And was like, let's beat this horse again. <laughs> well, yeah, Roger was the second second person to to tweet a gif of a of a dead horse beating a dead horse. Right? <laughs> this this is this is the beauty of our industry right there. You know, yeah. it's funny. Like I I'm so absolutist in my mind roger doesn't know this about me do you roger uh, uh nope. that <laughs> i just see things the way i see it and i'm like oh well you know i've thought through this and so that's the way it is so I, it'd be weird if anyone if anyone didn't have this opinion they probably just haven't thought through it like i have and uh <laughs> i've co- constantly proved wrong about holding that uh that viewpoint but anyways uh yeah i i was like well narrowing and widening or i mean Widening means it's getting farther away from zero. Yes. And yes. narrowing means getting close to zero. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure if people think the opposite, it's probably just because they haven't thought it through. But boy, was I wrong. I mean, they've thought it through a lot and they make some compelling arguments. And I'm like, OK, this is a this is, you know, like a a thing. So yeah. 
I'm telling no, you, there's I, such a thing as narrowing up and narrowing down. It exists in this world. Yeah. Uh, before we got on this, I, I talked to Roger and I told him that my vice president of grain said said the inverse was widening or he, he was concerned about the inverse widening. And I just cringed on the Zoom meeting <laughs> that we just had. I was like, oh, please don't say the words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, emotional scarring. This is good. This is, inverted years are good for that in so many yeah. ways. So I kind of want to follow up a little bit on your, your comment just now about you know being a a, a female in the grain business because um, I think what you said carries a lot of water, and I've seen it firsthand. Uh, Jason probably has too. Uh, whether I was at the elevator or, or on this side of the bushel. There's 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 a lot of truth in what you said, Ashley. So, you know, piggybacking on that, what what kind of, um, you know, without being too cliche, I guess, you know, but what kind of uh, unexpected things did you face coming into this industry or, or, or I say face or, or group, unexpectedly good things? But, you know, coming from a perspective of a female coming into an industry where, you know, a lot of the customers you work with are, are going to be male and, and probably even to a certain degree, uh, co-workers and stuff, you know, especially when you look at, at a co-op, a full service co-op with all the different departments and stuff. What what What's that been like coming from someone, again, with no, uh, with not the ag background and coming into it as a female? Can you talk a little bit about that? It was a little different. Um, so like I said, I originally went for nursing, which is primarily female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, switching over here, we just had, we just had a, a meeting um, finally an in-person meeting, uh, we were socially distanced, but, uh, we, we had a meeting and I was the only female in the room of like 50 men. And it was, I, you know, you just, at this point, I've been doing this for, for a minute now. Um, you, you kind of get used to it, but at first it was definitely, um, you, you just didn't know who you could lean on. Um, and Mm -hmm. so you look, you look for, (laughs) for female mentors, um, one that I look for is obviously Beth Ford um, out mm, of Atlanta yeah. Lakes, uh, and then Angie Stetzler. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> she would she she has argued with me that she's not a role model, but I think she is. Um, but yeah. it's just you know two two females that I know that do this, um, and I also I mean I have coming from where I did come from, like I didn't have female coworkers that were in the grain side. Now at my current cooperative, I mean, we have six, five, six um, within the origination team. And in our team, we don't, I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no like female group is better than the male group or like, it, there's no, it's, it's, you know, Abby bought more than Joe, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it's never, we don't, we don't separate that um and that's really nice to see um just how we collaborate um within our own team uh we do very well um and we we have a really good relationship that's in that sense um on the farmer side (laughs) it it's been it's been from guys like i said guys that fully trust you just more or you know are, are willing to be a little bit more vulnerable on what they don't understand um mm-hmm. just i don't know if it's if they don't feel threatened or or what it is but they're i would say you know if my door is closed there more times often than not i'll i'll learn that they don't understand a, 
understand a, a concept. And so we'll we'll revert back to it or they'll say, hey, you know, why don't you why don't you come and, you know, talk to, to me and my wife about this at, at our farm? No, I'll go through it. I've had plenty of dining room table um, talks. I'm um, just going through basic contracts. Um, markets what's you know what's kind of going on in the market what how mm -hmm. you know current like currencies i think is has been a, a big talking point lately too but um so from that side <laughs> to 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 gentlemen that that aren't very kind um but like i said i work i i have a i have a great agronomist in my office um we went out to a farmer that is right next door um he tried to set me up with his son that was one time and i said well no. i am married <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, here's my son. Now, what kind of push can <laughs> um, And I mean, it's the same farmer that, that came back and, and just just uh, said that, you know, male originators are better to work with. As he called, he called me specifically. And I was like, OK, like, why, Joe, you know, you have Joe's phone number, right? Like, <laughs> um, and. There, I, he said something one day, and I, I can't recall off the top of my head. I don't know if I could repeat it on the podcast, but um, my agronomist was just like, are you serious? Like, she <laughs> like, I don't. And that's the thing is, I don't even have to get upset anymore. Um, mm -hmm. The people around me do enough for me. So I just sit back and watch because they hold Perfect. more weight than I do. <laughs> but uh, I, it's you. You. You get to know those people and you get to know um, what farmers are easy to approach, um, what farmers uh, are concerned that you are a female on their farm and they don't want their wives to think that they're cheating on them. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's something that I never thought I had to be concerned about either, is I never had, you know, making sure that my visits with my you know, customers, my producers, um, was okay by, you know, their spouse. That was never mm -hmm. a concern that I ever thought that I had to, to be worried about, but, um, it has, you know, presented itself a couple times actually. Yeah. So. That's quite a, quite a course of events. And, and I think what your experience points to and, and how you've handled it is, um, this job, this role within the grain industry of dealing with the producers is not a cookie cutter thing. It's not a, no. you know, I, I think sometimes people coming into the industry uh, have the perception that a, an originator merchandiser just, they have numbers to tell people and buy grain and that's it. And, you know, <laughs> to a certain degree, I think some of the companies that um diverging here a little bit but you know some of the ag tech stuff out there coming in thinks that too mm -hmm. and so they're like hey here's a thing where you just will show numbers and bushels to people without talking to them and i think the part that's missing there is what you just described is it is a completely wide array of personalities and, and understandings and while numbers talk to some people, uh, they don't to others. I mean, there's those other things that are important. You know, the people sell grain for all sorts of reasons, not just money um, uh, or the price. So I think what you've experienced is is going to serve you well. And it sounds like it has. Um, so that's that's a pretty good perspective. And, you know, your story, um, I think, has been echoed out there, too, of, of all these uh, different, you know, I'd say obstacles, but different 
things to overcome uh, when it comes to to females in in the grain business. Uh, but it sounds like for the most part it, they get overcome. I mean, it sounds like you've done a really good job of of getting people to to trust you and respect you and, and your opinion. And you know, the other ones just call you the police. So yeah, I think it's just important whenever you know it any a computer can put in like a trained monkey can go put in an order. Mm-hmm. Truly. I, it, it does not. It just, it's just buttons um, to be an originator, to be somewhat like it is, it is way more of a relationship building thing mm-hmm. than it is. I mean, I, I do have to understand markets, but there are plenty of, there's plenty of conversations that I have with people that aren't, totally you know i'm not buying their grain every single time i call them that's mm-hmm. something that people don't i would say new new originators or new people that are in this industry don't know or don't think of is mm-hmm. you, you don't always buy grain sometimes you need to ask them like hey i hear that your wife's sick how are you doing you know sometimes yeah. you have to be that person and i maybe that's another thing on the female side um that, <laughs> but I, I i think my male coworkers do the same but um, you know, yeah, just, there, there, you have- there's times, yeah, there's times where you're going to be an advisor. There's times where you're going to be a counselor, whether you want to or not, you're going to, you're going to, you know, uh, be a, 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 an ear that gets vented to, uh, yeah. you know, you think about all of the contacts, whether it's on phone or text or face to face that you have with just one of your producers over the course of a year. I'd, I would speculate to guess a small percentage of those contacts actually gets grain bought. Right. Right. Yeah. I would I think it's important to to understand to or to be a person first before you are your role. Um and That's just incredible. and under yeah. I think it's you know, you you know, ask them about their <laughs> their kids going to, you know, state wrestling or or, you know, how how their farm's doing on you know, even the cattle side. I'm I buy grain, I don't buy cattle. I ask them how calving's going. Mm-hmm. how you know lambing is going and stuff um and just trying to be that person um and i think the more that you can show them that every time that you call you're not trying to buy, try right. i mean i want to buy their grain <laughs> but not every time that i call them is that going to be my my end goal um yeah. i want to understand them i want them to trust me um and answer my phone call but um, I think it's I think it's just important to to be a person before you are your role. Uh, that's when it, that's when it comes an awesomely wise saying, and I just wrote it down here so I can can remember that. That's incredible. And you know, like you said, you take an interest in a person before the grain because it would kind of be a tragedy if you put someone's product ahead of them. You know, in, in any part of life. So yep. that's that's pretty cool. So, Ashley, another thing here that comes up when when you're having marketing discussions and, and talks along those lines and you are dealing with, I guess, what Roger and I call noise. You know, there's a lot of extra stuff that guys want to talk about mm-hmm. in news or what way you think the market's going and trying to get you to predict stuff. Like, how do you how do you handle that when it comes up in conversation and to move them, I guess, to to a, a helpful place, I guess. Um, so I, I'll usually ask them, I mean, if we just pick a, we'll usually pick a commodity and I'll 
you know, we'll talk about corn or, or soybeans and, and we'll go either new crop or old crop. And then um, I'll usually throw out something that's either bull, bullish and bearish. Um, so either, you know, this is happening and this is happening. You know, what one do you think is stronger? Or what one do you think is going to, to move the market a little bit more or have the most impact? You know, farmers are usually the, the internal optimists. And so they always think the prices are going to go up. Um, and, and so I'll throw out, okay, so what are you doing to protect your downside? You know, are we, are we putting in stop losses? Can we put in stop losses? Um, or if you think it's going to keep going up, do you have targets? You know, if, and if your target hits, are you going to yell at me, you know, the next time that we talk? <laughs> um, yeah, the answer is yes. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that brings me to a different story. But, um, I, you know, that's just what we talk about is, is I try, try to keep them on, on subject and then try to, to get to where they think that the markets are going themselves and use their own bias against them to figure out what prices that they're thinking. Mm-hmm. either on a on a few if sometimes they won't say that they think that the basis is going to get you know <laughs> is going to to go less in their favor or go more in their mm. favor <laughs> yeah yeah um you know they don't they don't think if they don't ever say um i think the futures are going to get better or i think they farmers usually around here talking cash um there are some farmers that do have, uh, you know, marketers uh, or brokers themselves. Some of them don't. Um, and I usually try to steer them to, to people that I trust. But we just talk over what they think. Um, and sometimes we'll, we'll talk about the cash side. Or we usually start with the cash side. And then uh, I try to try to figure out which one they think is going to move first, either basis or, or futures, and see if they are interested and leaving one side open so that they feel like they still have control. Cause that's usually the guys that, that always put stuff on DP. They have, they have a little bit of a control problem or control want um, mm-hmm. that, that they think that they have it when, whenever they have it on DP. And so um, I just present them an option of, you know, maybe we do basis, maybe we do futures. You know, what do you think? Do you think these futures are good numbers? Most of them will say yes, but they think that that's going to go higher. Okay, well, let's put targets for there. But if we think mm-hmm. these are numbers are good too, you know, let's let's see, um, let's you know look at some sales now too, um, and then we'll look at percentages. Um, usually around this time, I'll talk to guys about okay, what's your worst case scenario on your corn, mm-hmm. you know, and so in in this area. We, I just throw out 30 bushels is <laughs> the worst case scenario. And that then we, pretty bad. that's pretty bad, right? So we do 30 bushels times, you know, how many acres that they plan on and, you know, intend planting. And okay, that's what, that's what we feel comfortable, you know, marketing ahead of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that's the other thing is there's, there's a lot of guys that don't do forward contracting. And I, I'm a, I don't, mind if a farmer has has bins i think it's i think it's good for a farmer to have bins because i don't just need crop i just need grain at harvest you know i need grain throughout mm-hmm. the whole year and so um but if you if we use those bins correctly you know if we forward contract and if we can do that type of stuff um using it to your advantage too and yep. so trying to get guys to think um outside of this year you know, I, I usually start with, do you, do you want to farm next year? Okay. Let's make some decisions on, on that too. That's a great way to, to frame that because 
unless the guy's retiring this year, the answer is going to be yes for 30 years, you know? So it's getting them to look outside. Uh, And again, we're humans. It's it's what we do. We we keep stuff in the present. It's hard to to do the long-term focus. But, you know, again, if you look over the long-term of trying to have average profit per acre over the long haul, I think that's what everybody would want, you know, it's uh, as opposed to volatility. No, volatility brings opportunity, but I don't think people like volatility necessarily. They don't like watching corn go up 30 cents and then drop 20. And then, you know, it's, it brings opportunity, but it doesn't feel good necessarily all the time. So I I think, you know, like what you were saying is is having that bigger term picture and asking for action because that's, that's, you know, all the information in the world is great, but you know, it's, that this the making the decision the pulling the trigger on taking some kind of action is always the biggie uh with any of these discussions so yeah. yeah we were talking earlier um before before we started recording um our you know our averaging program our sign up deadline is tomorrow and i think that that is what i usually present guys with is hey this is this takes out your emotion you mm-hmm. know you just put in x amount of bushels it's going to price at the exact exact average of this time period and your other sales you can market against it if you think you're a great marketer absolutely if i hope that you are you know better than this average yes. you know and if, yeah, if you <laughs> yeah. compete against yourself not against your neighbor to coffee shop and because that's more fruitful in the end yep so you guys chose to to end your your sign up period for your averager on the day they release the perspective plannings report. Is that correct? <laughs> we that's it's only because so our corn and our wheat averaging program starts on okay. April 1st and goes through June 30th. And then our soybean one starts on May 1st and goes through July 31st. So, yes. Okay. So I didn't choose that. <laughs> So, yeah, I know. Uh, so like, so three month averagers then is what you guys yep. do. Yep. Hey, I had another question that that came to mind. When you were talking, you're talking about guys doing DP and and uh, for control reasons and stuff, which is good. I get that. Do you guys offer storage too, or? Yeah, we do. We actually have um, commercial storage here too. Okay. Um. That's- so we do condo. Yep. Okay. So do more guys do DP or storage or? How does that work and why? Hmm. I would say more people do DP only because we limit the amount of commercial storage mm-hmm. uh, just for legal purposes. Anyone can do <laughs> delayed pricing. You usually have to send a contract for, for I mean, you have to sign a contract for delayed pricing too. Yep. But uh, uh, Ashley with the contracts. Uh, yeah. I'm. <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm like Jason. I'm a very literal person. Sometimes, most of the time, I'm a very literal person. Like this is, this is when you're supposed to deliver. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I envy you too. Uh, <laughs> no, this is, this is, this has been fun. I, I would ask as we get in here in a short row, so to speak, what is, um, you know, something. Uh, Parting thought, man, I'm just full of cliches today. But you know, what's something that, that you're you've experienced or would like to share with anyone, whether they're new to the business or, or been in it a while? Something that uh, you think maybe folks outside of the business don't know, or, or something that's worth worth knowing for anyone in here. I mean, what what, what kind of wisdom you got? That's what we're looking for. 
So anyone that has been doing this business for a while, I would say take those new people underneath your wing as much as you can and help them along the way. Mm. Um, if they ask you a question, don't ask them trick questions in the background. <laughs> um, just help them like under, like give them an answer and then explain the answer. Cause there's, there's so many baptisms through fire that you're going to encounter regardless. So if someone asks you a question, help them. Don't ask about inverses <laughs> or, or <laughs> widening or narrowing. Those are um, solid points. Everyone should <laughs> tattoo that. That's incredible. You know, that, that's so this is a, a self-described millennial and also yes. by uh, math reasons, I think, or uh, dates. <laughs> but uh, anyways, no, that's I mean, yeah, that's huge. Hey, this is somebody obviously you care about what you do. You, you want to help people and you want people to just, yeah, to help. You know, you, you identify, hey, people have experience and and, you know, us young folks, we We'd like to learn from from that and everything. Maybe not just call ourselves stupid millennials who don't care or whatever, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. that's I mean, that's, I know every generation, I think, you know, d- deals with that at some point when, you know, you're the the young adults that, that they just roll their eyes and, oh, these, these people. But, but seriously, that's huge. We got to stop rolling our eyes at different generations probably and, and just everybody try to help each other wherever they're at, you know? Just like you do with your farmers, you know, build some relationships and help each other and uh, yeah. it'll help everybody, you know? Yeah. If And if you're, you know, if you're entering like the, this business, I would say it's really important um, if you're entering the grain side, you know, buying the buying side, I would say it's important to understand the agronomy side, um, mm-hmm. understanding your farmer's inputs, even just a su- like a super base knowledge. If you are not from agriculture, like I was, I did not know all the nutrients that go into producing a producing a plant to get to the grain. So I think that that's important too. The it, collaboration that we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's solid advice right there. The um, and also, if, if you're not from an area and you're new to the area, it's so easy to just go down to the government office and change your name. You yeah. Know? Just adapt, just adopt just, the different person's name. Absolutely. Who's got the biggest family tree here. I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley, thank you so much for your patience and getting here to this point today and, and for your time today. And I, I mentioned this, you are a, a part of the, the ag Twitter community. So if someone wants to reach out to you or follow you and, and see what you got to say, what, 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 where can they find you at? Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter, the farm wifey is my handle. That's pretty much it. LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn too. Bye. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I I hope some of our listeners uh, will reach out to you and then follow up and uh, maybe you get to be be a a mentor uh, to to more than a few people after this. I would uh, love to. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for your generosity and sharing today. And it was so good to get to know you. And, uh, you know, since uh, we, we kind of kicked the can on, on getting this recording number so long, Jason said he would be buying the drinks whenever we do get up to that part of the world. Perfect. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevators Cut. Oh.